Good morning, 92.9. Who do I have there? Yeah, JB, Steve. Steve, how you doing? Yeah, all right, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very well, very well. What do you think none of us know how to do with the car? Well, I was going to say, after driving around Tamworth for a while, using your bloody indicators. <laughs> uh, but I reckon the, the real answer is uh, jumpstart a car. Jumpstart a car, you reckon? Yeah, mate, yeah. You know what? Do you, For starters, do you know how to jumpstart a car? Yep, yep, because when I was young, uh, somebody taught me it's the opposite to bookwork because when you're doing your bookwork, red was always negative, but red's always positive <laughs> when you're jump-starting a car. That's how I remembered when I was, like, 15, 16. That is genius. I've never heard yeah. that, but I like, I, like, I like that. That's a great analogy. Yeah, good little trick. Yeah. So you don't blow up your battery. No, well, I did that once. I had to jump-start a car... And I reversed the the bits and pieces, and I didn't I didn't blow up anything, but I blew the fuse in it. You see, and oh, then lucky escape because it wouldn't start. Then I thought I the battery's well and truly gone, so I dicked around, got a brand new battery, spent all the money on that. The new battery still didn't start the car. So I'm like, oh, What's something more sinister. What? Yeah, so the NRMA fella came out and it was literally just like an $8 fuse was all I had to change in it. Uh, <laughs> and and that, that fixed it. I didn't need the brand new battery, but no, $8 fuse, whoosh, go off I went. So Happy days. I've remembered that since then. But your analogy would have been a lot simpler, that's for sure, for me yeah. to remember. I love that. Hey, you have got the right answer. Woo-hoo. It is. 44% of us have no idea how to jumpstart a car. So... Well done, congrats. Awesome. Hey, Jealousy from Gin Blossoms. Right here at 92.9, JB here this morning. Thank you to Nathan and the team at Country Autos, GWM, Havel, Bridge Street, West Hamworth. I'm jealous of Bradley on our Facebook page this morning. He says he's lucky enough that his aircon in his house is so powerful, it cools down every single room in his house, including the toilet. It got me thinking, does anyone have an air con in their toilet? Came off the back of a post I saw on social media yesterday saying, you know it's summer in Australia when you start sweating while sitting on the toilet. It's so true. Every single house I've ever lived in, and that's been about 15 or 16 houses, I've never in all of those houses had an air con in the loo, in the toilet. And on the flip side of that, in winter, not that we care too much about winter at the moment, but it's cold as ice on the toilet in winter. But then in summer, you sweat your you-know-whats off while you're sitting on the loo. Any aircon dudes out there, have you had any actual requests to get an aircon put in the dunny? Is that a typical thing we get? You know, maybe someone's had aircon put in through the rest of the household and that room's not included and they've rang up and specifically wanted one installed in the dunny, you know, maybe a split system specifically for the toilet, I don't know. So it's something I come across very often, maybe you're a real estate agent out there and you've sold some houses that have its own air conditioning system for the toilet. Maybe there's a reason why we don't have an air conditioner in the toilet. I don't know. Maybe These are the questions I want to answer this morning. Do you have an aircon in your toilet? Can you get an aircon put in your toilet? Have you seen a house with an aircon in the toilet? I'm curious. As it's starting to get very, very, very warm out there, we're heading towards the, the peak 
of hot summery conditions do air conditioning in toilets exist? Let me know on our Facebook page or 676 Give me a ring. The average Aussie's favourite... Madonna, four minutes at 825 right here at 92.9. JB here this morning. Thank you very much to Nathan and all the team at Country Auto's GWM Havel. A social media post from an Adam Johnson says, you know, it's summer in Australia when you start sweating while sitting on the toilet. It got me thinking, uh, does anyone have air conditioning in their toilet? I've lived in a lot of houses. I've never come across air conditioning in the toilet. Someone on here, Donna says, I have a fan blowing, so it's not too bad. Has Donna got a ceiling fan in her toilet? That is creepier. It's about time you turned my mic on. That's creepier, having a ceiling hey, fan you know what? Some or people a pedestal have... fan in your loo. Some people have big toilets. They're not just the little toilet room. I'm sorry, the other chair's squeaking. No, that's it's driving right. driving me nuts. That's <laughs> Pull up the chair, get Pull comfy. Pull up a stump. Uh, um, and... On the flip side of that, Susan, I want her diet. She obviously has a lot of fibre because she said never in the toilet long enough, no reason tell to be. Tell us your secret, so Susan. Tell us your secret. <laughs> you know, 60 seconds in there, bang, thanks for coming, Boom, business yeah, done. done, out, no need to sweat. That would be the best thing for us because yeah. you've got to make sure you've got like a couple I'll, of yeah. songs or a nice couple of long yeah, songs that's before it. you run down to the other end of the building because the toilets are at the other end of the building Yes. to go do your business. That's a radio. You have to time it. Every radio station I've ever mm. worked at, the toilet's always as far away from the studios as possible. You know I think the best... that's the engineers just have a sick mind when they design radio stations. But at Now FM in Moree, they're yeah. directly across. There's like, oh, boom, toilets. Not for the AM people. They have to go all the way around. But for the <laughs> FM people, they were like, boom, there. Um, you, you, you looked after houses for a little while. Yes. Did you come across any that had air conditioning in the toilet? <sighs> Cast you, probably. No, but my husband's uncle yeah. has an older house out in a little town outside of Moree. Yeah. And he's got uh, air conditioning in his toilet. Oh, he That's does? That's I first came across it. Wow. Because I sent you the meme and I was like, hey, has it, is my, it got... my boyfriend's, my, my, my husband. <laughs> yeah, got been a... married for yeah, six years. I was about to say, <laughs> oh, keep it up to date. Is, is it, is, is, is it? its own like system its own split system just for the toilet or is it part of the it's air like conditioning for the rest of the house directly outside of it like oh, there's wow. a hall yeah and so it bl- blows directly into the toilet he's nice. done it on purpose i know it yeah yeah like <laughs> well designed I, yeah because we went there one really hot summer and i had to go and i was just sitting there and i was like this is nice. This is, this is delightful. Yeah. Yeah. I want one of these I for home. I suppose I could put one in my laundry and it would get into my toilet. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, love my to know. really hot. If you're, oh, they all are <laughs> at the houses. moment. It's gross. Um, air conditioning people, have you installed an air con in the loo? Uh, real estate people, have you sold a... I was about to say, have you sold a toilet? I guess <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's a package deal. <laughs> yes. You buy the house, you get the toilet with it. Love to know. 676 uh, Chris, here's got our latest local news on the way next. So put your love in the hand out, baby. I'm begging, begging you. So put your love in the hand out. As Maniskin begging at 19 to 9 here at 92.9. Air conditioning in the toilet we're talking about this morning. Good so times. Wouldn't get that on the ABC, would no, you? No, definitely hey? not. <laughs> um, we're chatting about keeping cool in the loo. Have you got an aircon in the toilet? Not not a lot of people do. Emma, yeah. 
She's yes. got an aircon in the toilet. I need to know the situation. Is it like a big toilet? Is it a little toilet room? Is it a split system? Is it a vent? Well, I asked, is it its own system or is it linked to the rest of the house? Emma said we have zoning throughout, so it's its own zone, but it's connected through the ducted sounds, system. I was going to say, that sounds really fancy. Zoning for yeah. air conditioning. I suppose it is 2022. Yeah. I don't know. What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Either. That's like, have you, does anyone out there actually know what all the stuff does on a air conditioning control panel? I, you know, all those little, like the little, the gra- little, the little like <laughs> what? I don't get any of that. The logos make no sense whatsoever. Does any, I reckon the aircon guys out there have no it's idea like, what they are. They're just it's like, like, I'm just going to oh, make yeah. buttons. We've yeah. had our uh, split system in the lounge room for a year now. Yeah. Do you think I know how to work nah. it? No. Nah. No. Nah. No one does. No. Nah. And if Jade changes something, you're stuffed. I'm stuffed. Yeah. I'm like, how do I get this back to like nice and cold? Yeah. No. Nah. Because I like it cold. I have no idea. The <laughs> no. days of, you know, where you just set it to 21 or whatever it is, off you go, nah, you got to do this, that. There's swing. Yeah. There's. There's an bo- eco mode. Yeah, I don't like, think it does anything, honestly. Yeah. Like You save about a dollar a year on power. Probably. On the eco probably. mode. So, um, I, look, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't I, think anyone knows what's going on, really, yeah, let alone it's zoning. It's just another day in the JB <laughs> for breakfast show. It, yeah, that's it. <laughs> no one knows anything. Hey, I'm going to educate you shortly on what 44% of us have no idea what to do with a car. What, how to use so, a blinker? That surprisingly isn't the answer, <laughs> I know. I will give you the answer next if you miss it earlier on. That is Darlinghurst, I love that. Where do we go at 12 past 7 with JB for breakfast? Thanks to Nathan and all the team at Country Auto's GWM Havel Bridge Street, West Tamworth. And you can get their quality used cars now on Gunnaganoo Road. James Cameron, no surprises here. He's the king of epically long movies. Him and, you know, Peter Jackson. We've got, of course... Titanic, that one went for, what, three-plus hours, didn't it? James Cameron came out with the slightly controversial opinion over Christmas that he reckons the future of all of us viewing movies are that movies will be six-plus hours long. Now that we've got all the home streaming services and we've got the cinematic experience at home, we'll all be able to watch them at home six-plus hours and we can watch them at our... At our own leisure, I guess. You want to go to the toilet, you pause it, you go off, you do it. It allows him to be able to really tell a proper story in six plus hours, not the edited down cinema version of two and a half hours. I wish I had a camera for this one. When uh, Grant Lee from the cinema came in on Thursday, I said to him, James Cameron reckons, Grant, the future of movies are six plus hours long. Grant went, I can't have six. I'll be able to show the movie... Twice in a day. What do you what do you mean? No, no, for home. And then to keep Grant Lee happy, to keep the cinemas happy, he'd make an edited two and a half, three hour long version for the cinemas to show, is he? Would you watch a movie that went for three plus hours? I'm out on this one. I don't, I don't think I mean if I really, 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 really concentrate, no dramas, I can do it. I'm okay, but uh, otherwise, I've I've got the worst attention span. I'll go off. I'll do some washing. I'll read a book. I just I lose interest. 
I think I'm not the only one there either. Uh, Sheridan reckons it depends who's in it. If the cast were easy in the eye, no dramas. A lot of people were saying, isn't that the same as binging a TV show? Like the Chernobyl miniseries or Mandalorian or Stranger Things. They go through episodes, but really they're for Lou and Snack Blake. It's really, it's a, it's a movie. I think we're getting into that bizarre definition now of what is the difference between a series and a movie. There, Cassandra, but yeah, nicely played. I don't know. That's a that's a question for James Cameron. What do you reckon? Would you watch a movie that went for six plus hours? Or would you just get along and watch the edited down two hour, two and a half hour, three hour version at the cinema? What do you reckon? Do you reckon James Cameron's accurate with this one? Or do you reckon he's he's gone off? Six seven six double two nine tonight on our Facebook page. Chat amongst yourself. Quarter past seven. This is the fray. Uh... Great to have a chat with Malcolm Dawes. He is a people performance and effectiveness expert. He's joining me for a chat this morning. Malcolm, thank you so much for your time. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well. We're talking about getting along with others in the office. Of course, a lot of us, maybe if you were lucky enough to, or unlucky enough to work from home for a long space of time, or maybe after a bit of a Christmas break, you're back in the office and you go, I didn't realise how annoying the person was that sits in the cubicle in front of me till now really is. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a common issue in uh, in in workplaces, Malcolm. What where where does that stem from? I guess. Yeah, it is a it is a very common issue, and um, it's something that uh, I've observed certainly when I've been um, working in offices uh, during my career. Um, and I think it, it, it stems from people's behaviour and what they believe about the other person. And I guess we look at people as being difficult rather than just different. Yeah. Um, so if, if you, you know, you go into the office or any other workplace for that matter and, you know, you know the, the annoying people around you, there's somebody that comes over to you and just constantly talks to you, wants to tell you, you know, coming back to work after the, the Christmas New Year break, what they did over Christmas, or they want to tell you about the holiday they went on. Uh, and then there's, of course, the opposite side of the coin, where there's people who don't talk at all. And, and some of us have a perception that those people who just come into the office or the workplace, sit down and just get on with things, are not very friendly and they're antisocial, when quite often nothing could be further from the truth. They're just different rather than being difficult. So it all stems from our behaviour, really. How, how do you combat that? Should you put all the people that, uh, you know, that get along, that chat all together in one office and then you put all the people that don't chat in another? I mean, what? It's <laughs> a really good question. And, and, and to, be, uh, to be honest with you, some people have tried that over the years. You know, there's people pay lots and lots of money to, to uh, try and solve this conundrum. But the reality is if we put people of a similar behavior together, that's not the answer either. The, the key factor is to be um, a little bit more flexible with our behavior. Um, and you and your listeners may well have heard of something called emotional intelligence. Uh, and that has a part to play as well. And, and quite simply, you know, that sounds like a sort of bit of a mouthful. Emotional intelligence basically says, how do we feel and how do we respond to somebody at any given time? So if you take those examples of the person that's the, you know, the loud one, the annoying one, never lets you get on with your work, and you get them to work with the person who's quite the opposite and is quiet, both of those people need to understand really why the other person is like they are. And, and one of the things of emotional intelligence, for example, is to be tolerant. Um, and I guess there's not a lot of tolerance around for many things, 
uh, in society these days. But at a very simple level, it's 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 about being tolerant. Um, so separating those people doesn't work because you get all the quiet people together and n- nobody talks to each other and nobody really understands how they're going to get on with somebody because yeah. at the end of the day, we have to get on with people. We may not be their mates. We may not be their buddies and have a barbecue at the weekend with them. And you don't need to, but you do need yeah. to be able to work with somebody at work. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's tolerance and I think a bit of respect as well, would you say? Absolutely, yes. And I, I think, you know, I look around sometimes in dismay at uh, a, a number of uh, parts of society. Um, and without getting controversial, you can look at politics, you can mm. look at celebrity, you look at religion. And respect seems to have gone out of a lot of, yeah. a lot of those things that we used to look up to for, yeah. for role models. and. And therefore, when respect disappears, um, tolerance disappears, and therefore trust goes as well. So what on the surface may appear to be quite simple, um, oh, you know, I don't want to go back into the office because they're going to really annoy me because they never speak to me or they don't stop speaking to me uh, in in simple terms. Um, There's something a lot deeper than that. And I guess it stems back to to our beliefs. And there's a a useful little... sort of model that I, I often yeah. use when I'm talking to groups about this, which you and your listeners might be interested in. Yeah, tell us a bit about that, Malcolm. So if you were to just have a blank piece of paper and on that blank piece of paper write the word belief, and then you draw a circle around that, and then you draw another circle around the one you've just drawn, so you've now got the word belief with a circle around it, and then another circle. In that second circle, you write the word emotion or feelings, and then you write, you draw a third circle around that. So you have three so-called concentric circles, small one, slightly bigger one, and a bigger one. And then on that outer level, you write the word behavior. So that's a, a very simple model, and it starts with everything in the middle. So what we believe about somebody, so when we go to work, let's say, and we believe that, let's say, Malcolm is going to be really annoying because he never shuts up and he never leaves me alone, I can't get on with work. So if I believe something, then... I will actually respond to that as though it's definitely going to happen. So we can define belief as an acceptance of something that happens or exists or is true without there necessarily being any proof. Mm. So, okay, let's say you, Jared, believe that I'm going to be a right old pain at work today. You then get a feeling, that second circle you drew and that word emotion, you get a feeling about that belief, which is, oh, geez, I feel really annoyed or angry or upset or deflated that I'm going to have to work with Malcolm because he's going to really annoy me. And that outer layer, behavior, that's what we actually do or say towards somebody else in response to a situation. So when I go to work or when you come to work and see me, your response to me is, oh, gee, you know, I'm not even going to go near the bloke because if I go near him, he's just going to wind me up. Mm. So do you see how that works? So mm. if you believe something is going to happen, you get a feeling about it, uh, and that feeling or emotion of, of yeah. you know, annoyance or concern leads to your behavior, which may be to avoid me or maybe to tell me, look, mate, just shut up and go away, which perhaps isn't the right sort of response. Yeah. No, I like uh, that. That's that's a, a fantastic little exercise. Yeah. So the, the thing is then, and what most people say is, okay, well, that's great. What, what do I do about yeah. it? Well, the thing is... Um, if, if a belief is something, there was a great uh, a great quote from Henry Ford, you know, the, the guy that made the cars many years ago. And Henry Ford said, "Whether whether you believe you can or believe you cannot, either way, you're right." Mm. So, in other words, if you believe in the little story I've just, you know, the little anecdote, if if Jared believes Malcolm's a pain, 
one of the ways you can change this is to actually change that belief and think to yourself, well, maybe he's not such a pain. Maybe he just wants to be friendly. Maybe if I chat to him for five minutes, that might be enough. Yeah. That then changes your feeling to being yeah. um, maybe accepting, maybe tolerant, maybe respectful. Those words we were talking mm. about before. Mm. And therefore, your behavior changes. And your behavior is one of, hey, mate, how are you today? Haven't seen you since Christmas. How was the family? How was your holiday? I tell you all about it. Get it off my chest. And hey, presto, we've got a slightly different dynamic yeah. in our conversation. Yeah. Um, so that's how it works. I like it. Fantastic. Malcolm, thank you so much for the chat. Really interesting stuff. Thank you so much, and hopefully it's uh, helpful for everyone as we combat this interesting year ahead. I hope so, too. Thanks very much indeed for your time, Joe.